This is Amy Bauman, and you are listening to Speaking Truth with Love. For more information about myself or For His Glory Ministry, you can head to amybauman.com. Now here is today's show. Good morning. Welcome to our online service. I'm Chaplain Amy Bauman, and I'm so glad that you're choosing to join us today. And if you're a first-time visitor, this is your very first time watching Truth in the Streets, a very special welcome to you. I know that God has great plans for you today and wants to tell you something uh, specifically that you are meant to hear, just you alone. We are right in the middle of our January series called Jesus Encounters. And each week we've been looking at a specific encounter that someone has had with Jesus and what that looked like Uh, to transform and renew their lives so that they were never the same. Today we're going to be looking at the man who was demon-possessed, that Jesus crossed the lake to get to him. So I'm so excited about this story in the Bible, so excited to share with you uh, how we can apply this to our own lives. So lots of things to talk about, but before we get started, let's open with prayer. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for today. I thank you that we can come together as believers and learn more about you. And so we've worshiped you, Lord. We've acknowledged you. We believe in you. And now we're ready for the words that you want to to give to us today. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, we just invite you into this place that you will work and move. I pray for a fresh anointing so that I will speak your truth with love. And I just pray now that you will open up our hearts and our ears for whatever it is that you have for us today. We love you and we praise you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So week one during this series, we looked at Mary Magdalene and how her encounter with Jesus changed her life forever. And afterwards, she completely devoted herself to following Jesus and furthering his ministry, even giving money um, from herself. Last week, we talked about Zacchaeus, the tax collector, and we realized that maybe we're a little bit more like Zacchaeus than we realized. Zacchaeus was tired of his life. His wealth was no longer enough. He was tired of being isolated and alone and unhappy, and he wanted something more. So when Jesus came into town, he ran ahead and climbed a tree so that he could see everything that was happening so that he could get a better look at Jesus. And then, of course, we read that Jesus stopped at the bottom of the tree and looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down. We're going to have dinner together today. And this encounter, we realized, changed Zacchaeus's life, and he was never the same again. Well, this week, we're going to be looking specifically at Luke chapter 8. Uh, So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me right now. Luke chapter 8, we're going to be looking at verses 26 through 39, how Jesus restores a demon-possessed man. They sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from the Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, 
don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Jesus asked him, what is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and left. The man from whom the demons had gone out of begged to go with him, but Jesus sent him away saying, return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. If this is your first time hearing this story, I'm sure you're like, wow, there is a lot to unpack here and a lot of moving parts and a lot of things uh, going on. So I want to point out some things that are going on in the text so that we can have a better understanding and we can just understand the story and, and what the story is saying to us. So number one, we don't know how this man became demon possessed, only that he was for a long time. And I just want to say for my own journey that I can understand that it's a slow fade. I mean, you just don't all of a sudden turn the corner and you have uh, turn the corner and you just are fully possessed by all of these demons just like that. No, uh, it's once one foot after another, our feet um, kind of go off the path, and before we know it, we're walking away from God. And the more we do this, right, operate outside of the plans that God has for us, the more that we uh, rely on our flesh, the more that we uh, satisfy our flesh and do all of these things that are within the world, things that uh, we want to do that's important to us, we stop looking towards God. We stop looking towards Jesus. We start looking into the world. We start satisfying our own desires. And before we know it, as we're taking this other path away from God, we start picking up these sticky notes, little sticky notes that, that go with us. Maybe this one is fear. Maybe this one is addiction. Maybe this sticky note is depression. And before long, we just walk around with these sticky notes and think that it's part of life. 
We think that this is our new makeup. This is what we look like with all of these sticky notes on. But we have to remember that we're not just physical beings, flesh and blood. We have to remember that we're spiritual beings created in God's image. And these sticky notes are actually spirits, right? There is a spirit of addiction. There is a spirit of depression. There is a spirit of anger. There are these spirits out there roaming around and sticking themselves to us. And that's when we experience those issues that we go through, especially when we go off the path and away from God, where we might have a season of depression, a season of addiction, a season of fear. And if we keep listening, keep following, keep allowing these sticky notes to stick to us, eventually they aren't just sticking to us anymore, but become a part of us. And I believe this is what's happened to this man. He walked around away from God with these sticky notes on him until they internalized and they take over. And this is where we find this man when we're reading the story. Number two, I think it's important to know that the demons know who Jesus is. What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I think this is a little funny. When I, when I read this in the text, I think this is a little funny because a lot of times we don't even fully recognize God. We don't fully recognize his power and authority and dominion. And we either put God in a box or put him on a shelf and pull him out when we, when we want something. I mean, we just don't fully understand the magnitude of who God is. Yet our enemy, the devil, and all of those demons and minions, they know who God is. They know who Jesus is. And they are afraid. Remember that. They are afraid. Number three, Jesus asks him, what is your name? And the, the man said, legion. And this was because many demons had gone into him, which takes us back to that visual of the sticky notes. Maybe this is this man's story. He was walking around with all of these sticky notes, not caring, not trying to align his life with God's word. And he got to the point where they took over and now he's living in the tombs, broken, bleeding, and waiting waiting for something, waiting for someone. Have you ever been there? You're waiting for a miracle. You're waiting for something to happen because you just can't do this life the way you're doing it anymore. Number four, in verse 29, it says, Jesus commanded the impure spirits to come out. But they are begging Jesus not to send them into the abyss. When I think of the abyss, that's the unknown, that's you're never coming back. There's no, there's point of no return. They don't want to go there. Send us out anywhere but the abyss. And so he gave them permission. And what happens next? They go into the pigs. The herd 
goes down the steep bank into the lake and they all drowned. Not one pig survives. They're all dead. And I've often contemplated the scene, you know, trying to imagine why this happened, what was actually going on, and, and what this kind of looks like. And I've actually had the opportunity when I was visiting Israel to go to this cliff. We sat down and we had a teaching, and it was amazing to kind of put myself right on that hill where the pigs would have gone off into the, into the sea and, and what that would have looked like, especially for the people that were watching. And what I understand now is that it shows us this incredible desire of our enemy to steal, kill, and destroy. And that this is his ultimate goal for all of us. And I think sometimes we like, we don't think about that. We don't think about his ultimate goal is our demise and our death. And yet, when we look into this man's life, he's living in a tomb, he's naked, he's bleeding, he's being tormented day and night. The goal, obviously here, is to destroy the man. This this legion of demons that were living in him weren't taking him out to go to parties. They weren't like taking him out for dinner. They weren't buying him new clothes. They weren't doing any of those things. Their goal was to destroy him, to kill him. He was isolated and alone, naked and bleeding. And while we can see this, right, we're shown visually this incessant desire by the very first act that the, that the demons do when they're released into the pigs. The very first thing they do, they make them run all off the cliff, killing themselves. And there's no more pigs. We have to be awake and alert and mindful of this battle, mindful of what the enemy is trying to do to all of us. And we have to keep our minds and our hearts and our bodies aligned with God's word. No sticky notes of shame, fear, depression, discouragement, anger, addiction. We want to keep our hearts and our minds focused on God's word, which is our truth. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. Number five. So obviously this was quite the scene for all of the onlookers. An entire herd of pigs rushing down the, the bank into the lake and drowning. The text tells us that as soon as the ones tending the pigs saw this, they ran to town and told everybody else. And when they came, what did they see? Well, they, they saw no more pigs. They saw a very blank landscape. But then they saw this man who had been living in the tombs for years, that they could hear his screams and cries as he was cutting himself, that they tried to avoid looking into the tombs when they, when they would go look at the pigs because he was out there and he was roaming and he was naked and he was bleeding. What did they see? They saw him in his right mind, clothed, sitting down, looking at Jesus. 
Jesus had changed him and he was set free. And number six, so the people, what did they do? They asked Jesus to leave. They were afraid. They were scared. They had no idea what just happened. And as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man whom he, who Jesus restored said, let me go with you. He actually begged Jesus. They use the word begged in the text. Please let me go with you. I beg you. But Jesus said, no, return home and tell how much God has done for you. So how can we apply this encounter that this man had with Jesus? How can we apply this to our own lives? Well, for me, we have to ask the question, why did Jesus go across the lake in the first place? I believe he crossed to help one man, a man who was so possessed by not just one demon, but a legion of demons, and was so out of control that those around him tried to chain him. And even those chains couldn't hold him. And when I read this story, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that the Bible doesn't name him. Because this isn't John's story. It it, it says a demon-possessed man is restored by Jesus. No, it's not John is restored by Jesus. It's not Ken's story. It's not Bob's story. No, this man doesn't have a name in the Bible. So how easy is it for us to put our name in this story? This, this man can represent so many of us who have struggled with sticky notes and isolation and this battle with the enemy. Because when I think about this story I compare it to my own. I compare it to the years that I was lost struggling with mental illness, where I was alone and isolated, bleeding, wanting, waiting for something to happen. So filled with bitterness and anger and resentment with so many sticky notes, waiting for someone And I didn't know where to turn. But if you still have your Bibles opened, let's take a few minutes and look at the the verses that lead up to Jesus arriving in the Gerasenes to meet the demon-possessed man. This is in verse 22. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. Jesus did. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters 
The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. You could have a whole sermon just on on these verses. But let me say this, even while Jesus was on his way to help the demon-possessed man, the enemy was trying to block Jesus. The enemy didn't want Jesus and the disciples to cross the lake to get to the man who needed the help. Do you see that? The enemy caused the storm and the boat rocked and the winds blew. But God, Jesus rebuked the winds and calmed the seas and he crossed the lake. And he didn't come to save thousands. There there weren't thousands waiting on the beach when Jesus arrived. No, there was just one man, one man who was waiting. And I think about that for myself when I put myself in this story. Jesus came to save just me. And that's what I needed. And I'm so grateful that he did. And here's the other amazing part about this story. And it's about what happened when he begged Jesus to go with him and Jesus told him, no, I want you to stay. I want you to stay and I want you to tell everyone what God has done for you. Because remember, when Jesus was leaving, everybody there wanted Jesus to go. They were afraid. They didn't know who this man was, but they wanted him gone. Because everything that just happened, right? Their pigs are gone. This man has changed. What the heck happened? And so they're afraid and they want him to go. So the man went back and began to tell the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And the Bible doesn't say how long, how long he went and told his story, his testimony. But all the people were amazed and many believed. And the next time that Jesus returns to this area, they aren't afraid. And there's other verses that talk about this. When Jesus goes back, this whole area now has been changed. And they're excited that Jesus is coming. And they want to hear what he has to say. But it's because of this one man. The same man who spent so much time in their town, broken and bruised and bleeding and waiting. This man and his testimony changed the town. And so now when Jesus comes back, they're not afraid. They want to follow him. They want to know everything about this Jesus. They want to know him and love him for themselves. And this is what we have to remember. This is what our testimony does. When we go through something, when we have a Jesus encounter and Jesus changes our life, 
we can go out and tell someone else. And that person grabs on to our story. Our person says, wow, Jesus helped her. Maybe he will help me. And that seed gets planted and that faith comes alive and that hope is reignited. And they believe, maybe for the first time, well, if Jesus did that for them, what about me? What will he do for me? Our testimonies can help change lives for his glory and pave the way for God to work and move. How many of you have a testimony? How many of you have a Jesus encounter that you have not yet shared with someone? I want to encourage you today that that will help ignite someone else's hope. That will help them maybe where they have been camped forever, bleeding and naked and hurting and waiting. And your testimony, you reaching out, is going to change their life. What I love about this story is it shows us many different things. But it shows us the battle. The battle that we all face with the enemy and his desire to steal, kill, and destroy. But it also shows us that no matter what the enemy does to you, no matter what the enemy tries, no matter how many storms he puts in your path, no, how, no matter how many ways he's trying to work and move to take you off that path and keep you off that path, it will not stop Jesus from getting to you. He will cross that lake every single time because he loves you and because he is powerful and because he can. And we have to stand on those promises and that faith today. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this encounter, a story that we can put ourselves in and feel the pain of this man and the journey that he took away from you and what that cost. Today, we want to recognize that maybe that's still us. Maybe our, we are still from you, Lord. Maybe we're far from you with all of these sticky notes still sticking to us. And we're ready to let you work and move and free us today the, because only you can. So we surrender those parts of ourselves, Lord, the, the broken pieces of our lives, the disappointments, the detours we've taken, the hurt, the past, the people who have hurt us, and we give it all to you. Rush in, Lord, and let us feel your love in a real and tangible way. Break our chains of bondage and deliver us. We receive your love, your forgiveness, and your healing. Thank you for crossing the lake 
just for us. Thank you for dying on the cross so that we can have this freedom and everlasting life. Thank you for loving us. And we ask all of these things in the powerful name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for being here. We're going to close out today with one more song and just allow these words to wash over you to believe that God is a way maker and that he wants to work and do a new thing in you today. Thanks for being here and until next time, be blessed.
peacekeeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. You never stop, never stop working. You never stop, never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when course again we make miracle work promise keep light in the darkness my God that is who you are you are we make miracle work promise keep light in the darkness my God that is who you are Thanks so much for joining me today. Stay tuned for more Tuesday teachings, Sunday sermons, and encouraging messages along the way. And until next time, be blessed.